Uh, and after a successful Rantiversary 4 from last week, and unfortunately, there's always next year for Rantiversary 5 on that one. But however, this is not next year. However, this is still this year. Let's this focus is on right that. now, Rant Ray Podcast Episode 209 of the show. And, of course, thank you for making us your very first listen of the podcast. And subscribe to your preferred podcast platform wherever you get your podcast at, either on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify for Podcasters, etc. And leave us a five-star review of the show. And if you're currently watching the video version of the podcast, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell for all new episodes of the Rants and Ray podcast, and even like this episode as well. And of course, subscribe to the others on this panel, which we'll introduce ourselves one by one by one by one. I'm the fighter Brandon Martin, co-founder, co-creator, producer, one of these six main co's, currently one of four. One, Andrew, will be working this week. However, you'll be back with us next week. And also, Uriel still job searching. Still. No, 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 no. It's um, he's still working on exam, you know, for college. Okay, gotcha. Noted. Appreciate that. The uh, correction. And I am also one of the other main co-hosts. I am also a co-founder, co-creator, and the director of the show. The Young Blood Outsider, Jordy Scow. And uh, if you want to know when Rainiversary Five happens. I will be happy to show you the date for that right now. Let's see. Anniversary 5 will happen on episode 260, and it will happen on October 3rd, 2024. Hmm. Yep, and there you go. There's your exact date for Anniversary 5. So... <clears throat> Well, then, I thought we were going over here, but nevertheless, I am also one of the main co-hosts of the Random Race podcast, the Buffalonian Bulldozer, Michael Bombardier. Such a pleasure to be with you once again after a successful anniversary. Sit back, relax. We got to have a good time tonight. And I am the Elder Statesman. In some circles, I am known as Big BPE. In some other circles, I am known as... Mr. Shenanigans, and it's me, Eric Lima, uh, co-hosting it with 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 these gentlemen here, episode two hundred nine, and I uh, hope you guys are having a, had a blessed day, and we're going to give you a good a good episode and a blessed night. So let's get let's get rocking. Hold on a second. Wait, why are you already planning the next one? Why not? You kidding, Romy? <laughs> I mean, like, you think we're gonna we're, what? You think we're gonna be canceled? Yeah, come it's on, always, now, Romy. It's always better to plan a dance, right, Jordy? Yes. yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Uh, See, even even Bofa, even Bofa understands. Yes. Thank you, Bofa. There you anyway, go. Anyway, before we go into the uh, topics from each of us, 
if it gets canceled, I will be the owner of Houston. Oh, God. <coughs> no, you no, you said that why are you already playing the next one? I'm just simply asking you, like, what, do you think we're going to get canceled or something? Because, we, I mean, it's good to plan ahead. Wouldn't yeah. you want to plan ahead for both of us to have them to have an anniversary show? Oh, wait a minute. When have you had an anniversary show? Yeah. That makes me wonder about your, you know, about the mindset and the motivation. Yeah. Um. Oh, and by the way, I'm a melon-headed looking human toilet. Well, that's coming from the guy who looks like somebody, you know, ripped open a used condom. But nonetheless, um, I'm going to be off here for just a few minutes. No, you didn't say. Hey, you didn't. And by the way, you didn't say we were going to get canceled. No, I'm just simply, I'm just simply, you know, going by, you know, questioningly, are we going to get canceled? Listen, let's get out, drop the subject while we're still ahead because after yeah. all, yeah. <laughs> Goodness sakes. Now, I'm going to be back for just a few moments. I got to get something situated, and it has nothing to do with me being off camera. You know, just to you know, make the show look better. It's simply something real life I've got to deal with in just, you know, just a you know, few moments. Rest assured, I'll be back after we're doing our topics. However, you know, hopefully all of us can have longer topics. But if not, then hopefully you guys can be patient for my return. So I'll be right back. All right. But, yeah, with that being said, as Jordy mentioned, we'll be doing – we'll start off this one topic from each of us on this panel – and the first person who talks first will get to start their topic. <clears throat> um, I got a theory. Go a little wrestling theory. As you know, wrestling gimmicks could be used to sometimes, you know, focus on subjects and and uh, like going on and everything else. Um, also sometimes some gimmicks will will um pay tribute to someone, you know, uh, loved one and all that. Now, I'm looking at Timeless Tony Storm's gimmick as of late, and everybody loves it. I love it. I think it's great. And I have a theory that she may be um, tribute. She may pay, be paying tribute to a legend who, if I'm not mistaken, she has won a tournament of of the name under this uh, name of this legend will be the May Young Classic. Maybe she, it's hearkening back to the May Young days, the days of May Young, and I think she, I think her gimmick to me is not only you know over and everybody loves it, and I like it, but I believe it's also paying tribute to May Young, and I think in the legacy like Mildred Burke and all and and all those all those um young, um ladies back in the day, and I think uh, Tony Storm maybe she may be spoofing off the uh you know. The, the film noir and the, and the 50s and everything else, uh, or like 30, you know, 30, 40s, 50s, and those silent films and all that. I think she's also honoring the, those legends like uh, Mae Young and um, Mildred Burke. And I think, you know, in a way, she's paying respects to them, in my opinion. I think I applaud Tony Storm for, you know, taking that gimmick and, you know, not only making it you know, over it, but also to me, she's paying tribute to, to, to legends like those two. And, and I think I think she should be um, she should be commended for that as well. I think um, I know she doesn't have an X account. I know she has a 
um, Instagram. Well, and I think you know, that's why. I, and not only I like, I do have a lot of respect for her for doing that because sometimes gimmicks, um, sometimes gimmicks are you know, you know, just wrestling gimmicks, but some you can pay tribute to. And I think this one um, on this tri- this tribute here is paying uh, this gimmick here is paying tribute to legends like the late great Mae Young and Mildred Burke. And she won the and she won the May Young Classic in 2018, the second one. So I personally believe that you know it this uh, to uh, I think to me the Tony Storm timeless Tony Storm gimmick is more than just a gimmick to her. I think it's, it's paying tribute. So that's why I look at it. And she's very entertaining. She took the ball and ran with it, which is great. So uh, that's why I li- that's why I like about her. And then I think to her, I mean to me, this is a, a great tribute. So. I got to commend Tony Storm on that. I got a lot of respect for her for it. So, um, uh, I got one more topic though. It's, it's a quick one. You talk about the MLB playoffs. You saw the Dodgers get upset. Mm-hmm. You saw, you know, the, the Dodgers get get upset. They're knocked out. Baltimore, who had who was the number one seed in the American League, knocked out. Mm-hmm. But, and now we got Houston um, knocking off the Twins. It's going to be a battle of text between those two. Arizona, yeah, or Arizona knocking out the Dodgers. If the Braves lose this series against Philly, to me the world to me the World Series could be wide open. Even though I think some people will say the Houston Astros are the heavy favorite going in this thing, but like I said, it could be just wide open to me. And that's you know, so that's that's you know I look at it and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, let's see what happens. So. So I, so those are my two, uh, two. So I never, you know, I didn't, didn't think I was going to go for two subjects, but we usually have three topics, you know, back in the day. So I figured, well, combine them both. So that's why my thoughts on it. So yeah, that's, that's my topic. Yeah, two for one special right there. I mean, thank you very much. And you know, I'm I'm a member for Pro Wrestling Week, but to follow up on the MLB the playoffs, uh, I want to see the Texas Rangers in the World Series. Again, that that'd be a great idea to see them actually win it too. That would be great. But in anyways, uh, until NXT this past Tuesday, until NXT and AEW Dynamite this past Tuesday, I had to do a lot of thinking. But the biggest surprises came out of this past Tuesday night, of course. Oscar returning to NXT for the first time in like what six years, I think. Yeah, she's been she was dominant in in that in that aspect. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk about Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Kiana James is Tweedledee. Tiffany <laughs> Shred Tweedledum founded. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> I'll give Keanu James credit for bringing Oscar in. She was the one and engineered the whole thing. But Roxanne Perez held her own in that match. Yeah, absolutely. I give Roxanne Perez a lot of credit, but in terms of dynamite. Okay. I know what you guys are thinking. Adam Copeland because of his debut win over Luchasaurus. Um I would say not so fast. The first ever three-time women's world champion in AEW history, Hikaru Shida. 
There you go. I I like that, and I'm sure Gary, if he's watching, he would yes. like it too. Mm -hmm. so I'm very very pleased about that. And so this pick just Tony Storm because speaking of Tony Storm, she went out and she attacked Ruby Soho with her shoes, which I thought was hilarious and funny. But at the same time, because there's a rumor going around that Mariah May, who is um uh, from England actually, um, she just finished her uh uh stint over in Stardom. Rumor has it that she may end up um, going to AEW, making her debut alongside Tony Storm. Now, see, I prefer that over Tiffany Stratton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and if Mar so, Mariah May, Tiffany Stratton, get a stable with those two and Harley Cameron. I'll be a happy dude. <laughs> so, this pick was for my fellow Buffalonian and the friend, Sir. Sir Gary. Yeah. She deserved it. And Hikaru Shida, three-time champion. So, I guess until Jordy comes back, Brandon. Well, it's going to be me. Well, well, even though we uh, talked about this uh, one person last Tuesday after the interview, and, of course, speaking of that interview, we will be showcasing the interview that we did last Tuesday with a mystery guest. Yeah. Once we get there, it was a, it was a great interview. It, it sure was, and you guys will enjoy it and, and stick around for this. Mm -hmm. But yes, as the one person we as we talked about last Tuesday, well, with that, one person, formerly known as Brian Pillman Jr., now goes by. Lexus King. I got you know, also another theory on that. If you hear his promo this past Tuesday night, he, he was four years old when Brian Pillman died. And he wasn't able to know him very well, you know, as uh, a father would know, you know, a son would know his father very well. If had he grown and had he was, you know, but here's the deal. Had he was still was still alive, he would have, you know, Brian Pillman would have gotten a chance to know his father and everything else, and he would have kept the name. But, you know, like I say, he was only four years old. And let um, I'll explain, Romy. Uh, the the man who married uh his mother Melanie was last name was King, and he and basically practically raised a kid since he was four. Then you got Lexus honoring his sister who uh, died in a car accident in 2009. That is why Brian Pillman came up with the name Lexus King. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the reason why I know a lot of people complain about it. Is it why can't you go by Brian Pillman Jr.? There's always been like a, a, another story behind that. You know, he doesn't want, he doesn't, he does, he does not want to be another, another junior. He says he's no one's junior. He wants to be himself. Yeah. Some wrestlers, some look at some wrestlers choose not to you know ad adopt their parents' last name just to, to make it on their own. Look what happened. Look, look what look look what it did for the Rock. You know, he he wanted to honor his father and grandfather in a way, so he took his father's first name and mm -hmm. grandfather's last name, and then all of a sudden he transformed to the Rock, and boom, you know, yeah, Rocky Johnson, Peter my via, <sighs> you know. And that's, that's yeah. another reason why WWE wants to own rights to the name. And I think they have too much respect for the name of Brian Pillman. 
to the point they don't want to, you know, take that away from him. So that's why I think the name. And I think they sometimes David, you know, wrestlers can give options, especially you're a second generation of wrestler or third generation or fourth generation to uh <clears throat> that's different. That's the rock. Yeah, but it did it did work out because sometimes, you know, some I look at the rock's daughter. She didn't go by Simone Johnson or Ava Johnson. Now she could have she could have done this, uh, adopt her grand grandmother's first name, you know, you know, and Rocky can be a girl's name, you know. But uh, anyways, um, but you know, could have gone, you know, could have uh, um, gone um, Ata Garcia, you know, his his mother's last maiden name and his grandma and her grandmother's first name, so. Uh, yeah, it's another, another reason why WWE's copyright hop, happy on that, and that's the reason why I think they don't, you know, change the name. You know, they usually give the wrestlers the option of what name they want to have, and Brian Pillman Jr. came up with the name Lexus King. Lexus honoring his uh, sister. King honoring his, his stepfather and mother who married into it. So. Uh-oh. Yeah, there you go. So. That's my theory on it. I don't know. A lot of folks don't agree with that. What can I say? That's. Uh, what do you guys think about the the new name for uh, Lexus King, formerly known as uh, Brian Pillman Jr.? I. Well, let me just ask you this: What's his legal name, Brian Pillman Jr.? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. No need for copyright. You know, problems. So. But. All, all that aside, if he's going to pay homage to, you know, his sister, that's fine. But during the Dark Side of the Ring documentary, didn't his father used to be abusive? You know, it's... That makes me wonder, why would he yeah. want the last name of his, you know, stepfather? Which, I mean, if that, I mean, if it's the case with Melanie, I mean... Still, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know, because, again, it's just, it's just, you know, like, I if, let me tell you this. If I had a stepfather, which will never happen, obviously, and if I had to share his last name for a ring name, I'll tell you this. And if that father was abusive, ain't no way. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit on the fence here because yeah. half of the time I I absolutely respect that he's paying tribute to to like his his family or something but yeah. at the same time I'm a little bit prejudiced. Okay, you know. So I'm like I'm like I'm like in dead center central. All right. So part of me likes the ring name and part of me, he likes the real Brian Pillman Jr. name. So this could go either way. And yeah, absolutely. You know, and the I way, would, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Brandon. Uh, oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, um, and the way and the way he was talking, he's gonna be more like a heel and more like a bad guy. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little bit more attitude. So uh, we've uh, hit the um, uh, twenty minute mark. It's time for one of our advertisements. First off, um, 
We want to give a shout out to the Pro Wrestling Shoot with Jesse Carter. And if you guys want to check out, you know, his podcast, well, along with his co-host, please go ahead and uh, uh, check out the Pro Wrestling Shoot in the description right here for this, um, you know, for this episode. Also, we'll probably, you know, uh, share it in the live chat in just a few moments. So give me one second. I will do that right now. So yeah. Shout outs to go to one of our sponsors, the Pro Wrestling Shoot with Jesse Carter. And check out, you know, all of his content along with everything that he does. And yeah. So well, yeah, so yeah, sorry about that. I didn't know good. Um <laughs> what I'm about to say is if, if Zelex is gonna be a heel and he's gonna have a little attitude, that's gonna help him in the long run. So if I were Ilya Dragonoff, watch his back. Because he I know he's got three guys that want him and uh, everything else, and uh, but like Die Jack Corbin and um, Carmelo Hayes, who probably last this past Tuesday night might have had the best night of his life. So mm-hmm. we shall see how Lexus King, aka Brian Pillman Jr., will work out in NXT. We'll see what happens. But yeah. For my thoughts on that, you know, I would say I'm not going to be like some other people complain about the name, but I'm in agreement with Michael on this one. I'm in the middle. I mean, sure, it's like I like the name or I don't like the name. I'm just in between as well. I mean, sure, I mean, you got to pay respects to uh, his sister and along with the the mother as well, you know, I got to I got to have to respect that, you know. And and even the promo, like I said, you know, it's mm. you know, it, no junior or anything like that. It's well, it's you know, it's, he's gonna be that one guy, you know. He's not gonna be like a, a maniac and all that. Not like. His father, Brian Pillman, back no. in the day and all that. No, I think he's going to be very intense. He's going to be a it very man, yeah. focused man. Mm-hmm. He really wants to fo- focus on proving himself. You know, yep. you know, because so many second generation, second generation, third generation superstars have already got, gotten better than what their parents have. You know, look at Randy Orton. You know, his, his father, Bob Orton, I don't think he's ever held a title in the WWE. Randy, however, Grand Slam champion. And, uh, you know, uh, Natalia, you know, her father was a former tag team champion. That's all he held in the WWE. Natalia became, you know, SmackDown Women's Champ, Divas Champ, Women's Tag Team Champ. Already better, you know. You know, obviously, we don't even talk about The Rock. We know what he's done. You know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We know what he's done. He's, ext- he's ex- way exceeded his father and, grand- and grandfather's expectations. Ava, we'll find out. I mean, look at Roman Reigns. Second generation superstar, son of Sika. Sika was a former tag team champion. Roman Reigns, Grand Slammed it all. Now he's one of the longest reigning universal, probably the longest reigning universal champion ever, going on three years. You know, so it, it, it's not just about the names, but how you do in the ring. That's going to be very, very important. And I think Lexus King, he's going to have to really prove himself in the WWE. I know it's going to be a challenge. I say Braun Breaker, former NXT champion. I mean. His uncle did well. His father's a former you know, United States Tag Team Champ, uh, World Tag Team Champ as well. So, Braun Breaker is also a former NXT champ. So, 
like you said, you know, breakers trying to get that get to that next level. It's it's um you gotta level up. You know, sometimes you want to really prove yourself and make a name for yourself and not make it off your parents. You gotta exceed your parents. Yeah. Also the character. So mm-hmm. So yeah. And basically that is my top regarding to uh the name change of Lexus King. Yeah. Okay. Um I forgot to tell Romy this because I was out bowling, you know, this past Monday with my family. Um but I did share with him screenshots of what um oh hold on, someone in the film plastic forms uh just Oh, the Iron Claw trailer. Yeah, Zach Efron's going to be one of the Von Eric brothers, I hear. Yeah. Mm hmm. I actually saw that. I mean, the trailer looked amazing. And I'm looking forward to that movie as well. Okay. I'm going to, I just had to give that you know, text right there. All right. Find Brandon. Where is he at? Oh, there he is. I'm going to send you the screenshots that I sent to Romy. Yep, um, and I will uh, showcase that once that's ready to go. Okay. Now, I want you to show... I want All you right. to show the first one, showcase the first one, and then showcase the second one when I tell you to, you know, to do it. All right. Here we go. Let me do this. Get that out of the way. Now, for those of you who don't know, there has been an attendance droppage, you know, within AEW Saturday Collision. Now, with this photo, this is when I was at the when I was in Greenville with my father, you know, at the uh, Bonsi Core Wellness Arena. As you can see, there's not that you know, there's not that many people in the camera side for you know, where the camera points at the ring, but you can tell from left and right, if you can see very carefully that you can tell the arena was packed. It was over 4,000 people in the building, including me and my father. All right. Now look at this after punk has been fired almost a month already. You see that right there? Look at that. Empty arena on the other side of the building. Where the camera points to the ring, like, that's the side where the camera points to the ring. That other side is empty. That is, like, super bad right there. So... There are two options. One, you either stop doing AEW Collision, or you might want to figure a way of getting you know the attendance records back up. Because I'm going to tell you this right now: as much as I love Adam Cole, he is not someone I would count on to bring those you know numbers back. Hmm. I mean, when you had CM Punk, you had a reason. For those for, for those numbers in the arena to grow big. Now that is one of 
of two of the topics that I'm going to talk about, of a two-part topic. That was part one. Here's part two. WWE doesn't seem interested in signing CM Punk. And I quote from this um, article, CM Punk and AEW had an explosive end to their working relationship. Now that Punk is a free agent, many fans are wondering if he will pop up in WWE once again. That isn't looking very likely at this juncture because WWE doesn't seem interested. WWE and UFC's merger went down. Oh, yeah, it happened like. Oh, hold on a second. It's happened on September 12th. I'm looking for a. Oh, okay. Well, here's one that's recent. Hang on. I'll, I'll look at this one. Please report. WWE has reportedly. Okay, this is from Bleacher Report right here. And this is from Mike uh, Chiari on October 11th, yesterday. WWE has reportedly declined to sign CM Punk despite overtures made by the former WWE star following his release from AEW. According to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Radio, TKO Group Holdings Executive Executive Chairman Vince McMahon WWE President Nick Khan and WWE Head of Creative Triple H collectively decided that the negatives outweighed the positives with regard to Punk. Meltzer noted that WWE turned him down, which suggests that Punk was the one who reached out in hopes of striking a deal. While there is reportedly no agreement in the cards as of now, Meltzer added that things could change, and a source said there is there's no such thing as no forever for when it comes to WWE. Rifle Select, H slash T Upton, also reported on the rumors and speculation linking Punk to WWE, noting that WWE talents were unanimously told the company is not working toward signing Punk. Punk left in January of 2014 after being under contract with the company for more than eight years and becoming a five-time world champion during his WWE tenure. For more than seven years, Punk remained outside of the rest of the world of pro wrestling, but he finally made his return in 2021 with AEW. Punk's return, return to wrestling was celebrated, and it saw him become a two-time AEW world champion. But backstage ult- issues ultimately mounted and led to his ouster from the promotion. The proverbial last straw came at All In, which took place at Wembley Stadium in London, in August and was by far AEW's most attended event ever. Punk reportedly got into a backstage altercation with Jungle Boy Jack Perry after Perry made a taunting remark toward Punk during his match against Hook. Days later, AEW announced that Punk's contract had been terminated. That decision left Punk without without many other viable options if he truly wanted to continue his pro wrestling career at 44 years of age. WWE is the industry leader by a large margin, followed by AEW. The drop-off from AEW to territory promos such as Impact Wrestling, NWA, MLW, and GCW is steep in terms of size and escape, uh, in size and scope, excuse me, and likely in terms of what they can realistically pay Punk. New Japan Pro Wrestling is the third biggest promotion worldwide, but it would require Punk to primarily wrestle overseas and it has a working relationship with AEW, which could be a non-starter. In recent weeks, WWE has seemingly dropped little hints in reference to to Punk 
including Shinsuke Nakamura doing Punk's finishing move, the GTS, to Ricochet on Monday night on Monday's Raw. That coupled with the fact that next month's Survivor Series premium live event in is in Punk's hometown, Chicago, created a great deal of speculation regarding Punk's returning to WWE for the first time in nearly a decade. While current reports suggest a return at Survivor Series may not be in the works, a return at the Royal Rumble in January or WrestleMania 40 in April may still be a possibility if WWE wants to revisit the idea of signing Punk further down the line. And there you go. Hmm. I think the only best bet is uh, sign with the company first got his big break in, and that would be either. Well, obviously, Ring of Honor, but they're part of AEW, so you can't. So you they're can't, not. It's yeah. not a part of AEW. It's owned by Tony Khan, and before you yeah. say it's the same thing, no, mm-hmm. it's just that Tony Khan owns that company. And besides, the difference is, is that you know, sure, it may not be the same ROH as we remember, but it's still the company, which yeah. I believe it should be ran a little bit better than what it's being done with. But yeah, but, I'll, but either way, CM Punk's not going to go there. Impact, Impact will probably be the only way. In fact, a lot more eyes could be on Impact. Then there's MLW, and then there's you know, and then there's also the possibility of NJPW too, but. Mm. Anyone else got some thoughts on this? I'm thinking the NWA. No, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Oh. I guess that's, you know, all the topics we've got, you know. What are your thoughts on the official announcement of the Dragon Ball Daima? I think the animation looks crisp. Well, I will say this, though. I watched it earlier. And I think I'm starting to understand why they canceled the Dragon Ball Magic thing. But I don't know what they're actually doing. If they're trying to create an alternate universe for Dragon Ball, that's fine. But I'm just wondering, like, they're they're going from, you know, you know, they're going from, you know, their, you know, the original storyline of what they look like right now. And making them look like chibis. I'm sorry. It just that they look like, like you know, it, it just doesn't feel right. But I'm sure I'll get used to it as time goes on. But I do think the animation does look good. That is magic. They changed the name. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I think it's uh, about time we get into the... Um, the results of WWE Fastlane. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we'll go ahead and do that right here, right now. As on the pre-show, we you already saw her first ever appearance in Jade Cargill, not shockingly. And was it was greeted and arrived by one executive Triple H. And which which we'll get to that name in a moment. However, <laughs> look at Kevin. He just says, okay, remember back in in 2018, Roman Reigns got suspended by speaking out against Croc Lesbian about being a part-timer. Now in 2023, he's doing the same thing. Oh, I, I was like, Croc Lesbian. Croc Lesbian. 
Brock, yeah, Brock Lesnar, I, he's referring to. Yeah. That is funny. Yes. That's so funny. Godfather with the show's been pretty good. Anyway, go ahead, Brandon. But, oh my gosh, yes. And then we uh, they opened up with the tag team match for the undisputed WWE tag team titles as two members of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, defending those titles against the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. And with that, and no! Undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. I thought I did not expect, I thought the Judgment Day with all their crazy shenanigans, no pun intended, to um, the, retain the titles, but... Mm. Yeah, I, I, I thought it would have been the same thing. I was like, wow, I was shocked on that one. I'm like, all right. All right, so we go on to this next matchup, which is this time a six-man tag team match, where currently at the beginning of that matchup was a three-on-two handicap match, where it involves Bobby Lashley, or in that case, the almighty Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. As they were going up against uh, two members of the Latino World Order of the current United States champion Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. However, somebody found a third person in mind in this six man tag. It was none other than Carlito. That's cool. I was just being funny when I when I thought he was going to be uh, someone to come out and you know fill in the spot. Mm-hmm. During, we were doing, you know, like we were uh, covering Collision, me and Eric. Oh yes. And with that, Carlito and Latino World Order of Rimster and Santos Escobar defeating Bobby Lashley and the uh, Street Profits. And then we move on to the triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship as EO Sky defending the title against not one, but two challengers in that one. Asuka and the Android 18 female version of Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair. And then at the, the ending, getting close to the end of that matchup there, Charlotte Flair was doing the figure eight on Asuka. However, EO Sky did that moonsault on Charlotte Flair and retained the WWE Women's Championship. I knew she would win. I knew EO would win. I said last time she was a triple threat with uh, Charlotte Flair, she ended up walking away the victor. And now she wanted to walk mm-hmm. away in the NXT Women's Champ at the time. Same thing. Hello, Mr. Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Well, he'll be he'll be inducted on the final R and R of this year. Yeah. And oh, you know yeah. what? Speaking so, of, you're Hall of Famer. Is he inducted? You're in. And you know what? Speaking of future Hall of Famers, 
Um, here's another advertisement that we're going to share right here. And that is, you know, uh, the 25 KPR TV host hosted by one of our, you know, beloved, you know, members of our community, Alex Parez. Yep. If you want to uh, play some, you know, some fan like, you know, uh, you know, game shows kind of like, you know, like Planko or a spinoff of Planko or pretty much anything, you know, card related or even, Anything that's remotely, you know, related to any familiar game show you're with, then go over to the, you know, 25K PR TV exclusively on YouTube with Alex Paras. And watch out for Bonzi. Yes. Continue. EO Sky versus Taylor Swift next. Are you crazy? Oh, God, Tyler. Yeah. Oh, did, oh, oh, speaking of which, did you know that at the press conference of the of the – on the aftermath of the show of Fastlane, mm -hmm. you know yes. Triple H said he said, "And by the way, please do not ask me about Taylor Swift." <laughs> I don't blame. <laughs> I was like, I don't wow. blame him. Even EO was like, "Are you crazy?" Is she yeah. crazy? She said it out loud, perfect English. Are you crazy? Yes. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, I'm, I'm about to look at the reports. Is you know. I, somebody would have said, you know, uh, Ray Ripley and Dominic Mysterio versus Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and makes tag. You know, he do. Uh, everybody will probably hate on Dominic Mysterio still. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this whole big Taylor Swift. Uh, oh yeah, that, I. Well, oh, I those two were hilarious. Jay they Russo are. Oh my gosh, Russo. I didn't get a chance to see them, but I do know this: if you were to tell me back in, you know, you know, during WrestleMania 39. That they would be future tag team title holders, I would call you, you know, ridiculous and yeah. nonsensical. Well, it's ridiculous, and nonsensical is the truth now. It's the truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah they, <laughs> <laughs> well, rumor has it they were, um, they, they got, I, I think before the pla uh, press conference, they got plastered. <laughs> you know, they say, yeet, yeet, yeet. <laughs> You know, they were thinking the word yeet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's that's funny. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> Those two were hilarious. Yep. Oh, goodness sakes. That, that's that's funny. But, yeah. Yeet. <laughs> yeah, Eos got retained that women's title, and now we move on to another tag team match as... John Cena and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Let me talk to you. As they defeat. Hold on, Jimmy. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Do, 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 it's Paul Hey, Romy, your time is up. Why don't you shut up? Just wait for him. Wait for him to go crazy in the live chat. I was doing my president of Paul Heyman doing the John Cena theme song. It's like, yo, your time is up, Romy. Just shut the fuck up. Anyways. Yep. Who said I was doing who said I'd do roaming? In fact, I don't I don't want to I was just trying to I'm just trying to be funny. 
But yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, wait a minute. You know what his impersonation of it would be not like? He'd be like, Busta guy. Look at him. Yeah. Yeah, called it. Yeah, called it. Yes. All right. So they faced off against the Bloodlines, um, uh, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa with Paul Heyman ringside. And by the way, Paul Heyman's giving commentary while on the phone with Roman. Mm-hmm. You think Roman could could easily right. watch the the show without Paul Heyman giving commentary? Mm-hmm. Call Roman Reigns. He's on that phone. Yep, he's like, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> oh the man! Problem, the only problem I see here is, I agree with Kevin. Like, this is coming from the guy who said that he doesn't like part timers. You know, when when he was at going at Brock Lesnar's ass, which I kind of agree at the time, rightfully so. But then you got him now, like doing the exact same thing. So. Hypocrite. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. And with that, it's time for the main event. What? Wait. Did you already say that LA Knight and John Cena won the match? Oh, yeah. Cena, LA Knight won. Not a problem. But either way, as I already mentioned, the uh, saying of the main event, which is a last man standing match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And two of them faced off each other in a rematch as Seth freaking Rollins defeating once again and Shinsuke Nakamura remain the champ. And, yep, that'll do it from there. I mean, okay, it's not better than Russell Dream, but mm. it's it's still a good show nonetheless. It's a decent, it was a decent show. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. I, think, I think the opening match and the main event match is pretty much the more interesting, you know? Yes. No disrespect meant to Cena or LA Knight, but hey. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This is just the one thing I just realized. That, you know, like, when I said L.A. Knight's trying to, you know, like, they're trying to get star power to L.A. Knight through John Cena. Well, I also figured they're doing the exact same thing by giving star power, you know, from L.A. Knight to John Cena. You know? Hmm. And let's not forget, the, the, the losing streak of John Cena losing on pay-per-view had finally been broken this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. You know, with a team effort. Yep. Only I can do that. You doing that, you have better odds graduate from building blocks. Wow. I can actually graduate, you know, from building blocks better than you ever having a chance to bust a load and getting married. Mm-hmm. But then again, <sighs> then again, I don't think, thank you, 
think you'd want kids. But then again, you already had a vasectomy. Yeah. Oh. Ah, goodness sakes. <laughs> Ooh, My word. A week from tomorrow is Super Mario Wonder. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Wait, why would I want to get married? Well, no. No, I'm just going to leave that alone. Yeah. I had a per- I had a good comeback, but I don't want to feel like I'm offending him or hurting his feelings. Mm. Let's, let's just say you can see. To, uh, you can see. That's it. So... Now, I'll give WWE credit where credit's due. They actually had a pretty good show, you know. It could have been a lot greater because, I mean, I don't remember having to see a long, like, like a, like a pay-per-view have five matches. I mean, they're, like, also, they're also, you know, like, that, like, takes away from them having to, you know, let Gunther defend the Intercontinental title or Rey Mysterio to defend the U.S. title, even though he was already on the show, but that's besides the point. Then you've got, you know, then you got the World Women's Champion. I don't think she defended her title, Rhea Ripley. I mean, that's a lot of opportunities for someone to be showcased on a premium live event to, you know, be squandered, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And by the way, just so we're clear, um, I went to the dentist uh, earlier today and got myself a cleaning. And if you wonder why I'm a little bit in pain every time I, you know, with my mouth, it's because, of, you know, it was, a throw, it was just a throwaway filler show. Yeah. I guess you could call it that. Mm-hmm. So... I think that just that's about it. And you probably think, is this the end of the show after almost an hour? Nope. We got a special interview um, that we're going to showcase. Um, I don't know. I mean, well, first of all, I, I don't think we discussed how we were going to do this. So are you going to, like, share your screen and all that just to see if it works that way? Oh, yeah. I think I got that under control. And actually... Uh... So, if you guys are ready and if you can hear it. I just want to give you some uh, breaking news here. I'm watching Impact right now. Guess who's arrived on Impact? Oh, the my. The former Vladimir Kozlov. Remember him? Uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Is he uh, Is he there for Santino? Uh, no, he aligned he himself with uh, Dirty Dango and uh, Johnny Bra- off of Bravo. Giving him the win in the uh, Fatal Five way for the uh, number 20 spot in the Collier Shot Gauntlet match. It just happened. So Vladimir Kozlov is coming back to wrestling. Yeah, he's basically um, attacked a couple of people already. Uh, Eric Young and uh, Champagne singing Jake something, and uh, I want I want Bobby Roode to come back. So Eric Young, Bobby Roode, and and possibly Scott Demore can reform Team Canada, or maybe maybe just Petey Williams. You know, uh, I think Bobby Roode's playing the entire production team for right now. Okay. You know. In fact, they brought back the DIY glorious bomb, which is hilarious. Okay, why is it that I want Team Canada back, yet you want to talk about hashtag DIY? 
DIY, DIY does glorious bombs. Like they, like they played the Bobby Roode theme song, Glorious, and went in and they're like they're trying to look for him, and then you know, Glorious, I don't give it, and then and they were looking and they were hoping to see Bobby Roode. And so when Bobby Roode makes appearance, he nods head. Oh, it's it's some of the most hilarious things that they did. So they brought this recently brought that back since they're back together. So. You've lost your mind, boy. No dancing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh goodness sakes. All right. So are we guys ready for that uh premiere interview that we did for Tuesday? Yeah, yes. guys. Yeah, and no talking. No, don't worry. You won't get that from me. Just uh why guys watch this interview it's a good great interview it's an honor interviewing this this just um individual it's gonna be totally awesome check it out please yeah all right and tom's yeah, in the chat tom. <laughs> all right here uh, we private chat excuse me sorry hey when i uh tell oh by the way when i'm in the private and hello nope hold I it gotta tell you this Go ahead. when i'm in the private chat telling you to pause it that's only because I want to do uh, another, you know, like uh, advertisement, you know. Yeah, that's not a problem. All right, go ahead and play the interview. We'll mute ourselves, and just when you told me to get ready to get for uh, another advertisement, then I'll pause it. All right, here we go. And hello, everybody, as we will be doing a taped interview that will be aired this coming Thursday of Rent Ray Podcast for episode 209. And originally, we were doing the interview for Rantiverse before, but due to, you know, with other things, we're not going to mention, but those things were understandable. But we're making it happen right here and right now. As we'll... In Introduce ourselves for this one. I'm Brennan Martin, the fighter, which is the co-founder, co-creator, producer, and of course, one of the six main co-hosts, currently one of five. And I am the other co-founder, co-creator, and the director of the show, uh, the Young Blood Outsider, Jordy Scow, a.k.a. J-Man's Legit. I am the Buffalonian Bulldozer, Mike Bombardier. And I am the elder statesman, Mr. Shenanigans himself, Eric Lima. And of course, I'm in rocking on the Canadian destroyer. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Doc, I'm a little. My dad. So that way. That way. Way over there. Yeah. <laughs> There. And but anyway, uh, Brandon has set us up. Oh, there, an interview. oh there he is. There he is. Brandon has set us up with an interview with someone that I think my dad will actually love to meet and interview with. And on top of that, this will be my first encounter with this individual. So go ahead and make the introductions to our mystery guest. You got it. So this guest is well known for Jim Crockett Promotions along with AWA, WCW, and many other promotions. Also, this person is a former NWA World Television Champion, the NWA National Heavyweight Champion, 
UWF World Television Champion, NWA United States Champion, a two-time NWA World Tag Team Champion, a four-time NWA World Six-Man Tag Team Champion, also NWA Hall of Fame Class of 2008. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome in our mystery guest. Boom! Boom! What's up, guys? Shatoita! Ah, there you are. Hello. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Alo- I like the aloha. Aloha. Oh. <laughs> Greg? That, that was him. <clears throat> yes, <throat> absolutely. And uh, Canada represented as well. I, I love I it. No, uh, no one is there. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor. Very I think much. there's a little bit of a lag on my dad's part, I guess. But it's okay. It should be fine. Yeah, that should hey, be no big. Hey, Dad, can you do 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 me a favor and try to refresh your page? You know, like 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 back out and come back again, so that way you can get that fixed. It, lo- it looks like he's frozen in time. Come on. It's, yeah, well, technology. It's today. Well, technology is you know at this point very you know like very sophisticated for everybody that we can't even understand why they have lags and lack of you know control so technology is great when it works isn't it guys but when it doesn't it's pretty frustrating oh yeah oh god mm-hmm. yeah better than anybody else sir but yeah this is an honor to actually uh, meet you i'm i've uh, heard a lot of things you know regarding you know you and also uh, your tag team partner, I believe it was Ivan Koloff. Uncle Ivan, yeah. Initially, Uncle Ivan, Don Kernodal, and then eventually uh, the American Dream, Dustin Rose, the Tower of Power, too sweet to be. Power, if you will. Yeah. If you will, baby. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. like a lot of those, you know, some of the gentlemen you just mentioned, may God rest their souls, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the numbers are getting fewer uh, as as the days go by, for sure, yeah. right? I mean, uh, yeah. no promise of tomorrow, but like each and every one of these guys, yeah, I, I've got a, uh, actually got a, a poster with Dusty and I and the Road Warriors, and uh, I guess I'm the, the, the sole survivor of, of that one at this point, uh, right? So, just it's just uh, part, part of the oh. journey. There he is. He's back. Aloha. Yes. Oh, uh, all right. Well, uh, Yay! Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. That guy looks like he could be my brother or something. Ha ha ha! What makes you think that? Okay. Let's see. The oh, bald head, the gray in the beard. I mean, it's kind of eerie. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's still a little technical difficulties, but I think we'll probably manage. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry about it, Dad. We'll just we'll just try to work with what we got, and if it keeps doing that, we'll probably share the same camera. But anyway, um, let's go ahead down to the interview. You know, shall we? Um, mm-hmm. All of us will ask a question. You know, each like one from each person on this panel to you, Mr. Koloff. And we'll first start off with Brandon since he was the one who orchestrated this interview and, you know, set things up. Yes, I will. 
All right. Um, advertisement time, people. Um, uh, the next advertisement we're going to be giving out is none other than Leon Calavera Productions. Um, if you want to see some animation, you know, from Leon Calavera, like such as Sonic related stuff and probably, you know, some Dragon Ball related stuff. That's, you know, even though it's, uh, you know, you'll probably like what you'll see, you know, with Leon Calavera stuff. So go to L Calavera production and yeah, it'll, you'll probably, you know, like some animation, you know, and, and that's also who we also know as the Scorpion death drop. And now back to the interview. We'll certainly do so. Well, thank you very much, Jordy. For basically, you know, I always uh, ask this question to like for every wrestler, including some Hall of Famers as well. My question to you is, how did you get your start into professional wrestling? Well, it was uh, for everything I can I can research and, and calculate. Uh, what a unique story uh, f- from anyone else. I think that the closest. Uh, to my story would would be uh, my nemesis Magnum TA, uh, who who had a very similar start in wrestling. Although although he met Buzz Sawyer and made his way out to Portland and knocked on Buzz's door and was kind of thrust in, you know right into the ring uh, and with a, with only a handful of of, uh, of training opportunities, whereas. Uh, myself, you know, wrestling wasn't something on my radar. It was not something I was necessarily looking at, at uh, becoming. Uh, was a professional wrestler. Uh, played high school, college football up in northern Minnesota. Uh, football was my passion. Weightlifting was a passion for me. And, and had my sights set on playing professional football. When one of my dear friends dropped out of college, I actually recruited him to play college football with me. His name was Joe Laurinaitis. Some of you might recognize that name or AKA Road Warrior Animal. And and recruited him into college to play football. He dropped (laughs) out. Next thing I know, he's on the Superstation TBS with a painted face and, 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 uh, you know, shaved head, mohawk and, and uh, turnabout's fair play, he would eventually, upon uh, myself graduating college, he would eventually call me and share with me uh, the storyline of, of a nephew for Ivan Koloff. And, and uh, it was 1984. You know, the timing was they, they kind of figured the Russians would boycott the, the, the Olympic Games in Los Angeles because America had boycotted the Games in Moscow in 1980. And they were correct. And so they, Don Canoto approached uh, Joe and said, you know any big guys who wouldn't mind shaving their head and becoming a Russian? And Joe immediately thought of me, gave me a phone call, shared with me that, that story, gave me a phone number uh, to a guy named Jim Crockett. I got on the phone with him, had a five-minute conversation made sure Mr. Crockett understood and knew I had no amateur wrestling background. I had no professional training. Was he okay with that? Said he was. Gave me a date to be in his office. Hung the phone up. And fast forward a a couple, three months later, showed up in Charlotte, North Carolina, a city I'd never been, uh, with everything I owned to my name, stepped out, took a risk, 
and uh, and the rest is if you want to use an old cliche, the the rest was history. All right. All right. I uh, I just told my dad to like you know come on on in my room you know like like you know because <clears throat> it's probably the best. Hang on a second. I'll be right back. All right. All right. Not a problem. And uh, while uh, George do that, um, anyone got a question? I do. Uh, Go ahead, Eric. You work. You would have worked, uh, Mr. Kolnoff, with a lot of great wrestlers, and one of my favorite wrestlers. I back then is dusty Rhodes. what was it like working with him i was very fortunate to to as you said work with a lot of a lot of great guys uh le legends of the business uh early on that, that i didn't realize guys like dory funk jr blackjack mulligan mm. uh i mean the list really the list uh, ricky the dragon steamboat oh, uh, yeah the, the list goes goes on and on and and then to have the opportunity to team up with dusty uh, was looking back on it was certainly uh, an incredible honor, uh, an incredible privilege. I'll, you know, he was obviously he was or, or not obviously, but he was the booker back then. And so to have that opportunity uh, to, to partner with the booker, which was somewhat of a rarity at, at times, uh, did did draw some heat. But at the same time, uh, got to know him on a personal level uh beyond the squared circle and just on a professional level got to know him on a personal level you know knew cody when cody was in diapers and, oh. and of course dustin coming into the territory and, and then to have that run to run up and down the roads drive up and down the roads fly across america around the world uh, with uh, a legend like like the american dream uh you know the stories are, are, are written about that right and we're having this conversation about that you know, 30 plus years later. And so incredible, incredible opportunity, nothing but great memories, laugh, you know, laughing, you know, uh, together, dreaming together, uh, no pun intended, uh, mm -hmm. about what we wanted to do, not only with our careers, but even outside of wrestling, um, made for just a, a, a storybook tale with, with the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. We all love him. We all miss him too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, been there. Hey, Dad. passed away in uh, 2015 along with Piper as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I got a question. You know, um, who's the one who asked uh, him a question next? Who was it? I asked. I asked him the Dusty Rhodes question. So. Okay. So. I all right. So, I want to ask, what in your opinion? Is what? In, whoa! What the? Oh. Yeah. It, you know, it's but it's okay. always the same. I, you know, like Streamyard yeah. wants to be. I'm. I'm just gonna maintain my composure. Anyway, yeah. um, what in your opinion, in your entire career, is like your favorite match that you consider to be great? You know, like what is your favorite match that you ever wrestled in? It's it's a great question, and and of course, you know, not the first time I've been asked ask the question and and it is hard truthfully it's hard to hard to narrow it down to one right i mean uh the first ever great american bash against the nature boy rick flair uh oh. only 13 months into the business and you know from the day i walked into jim crockett's office and introduced myself right 13 right. months into the business i'm the world tag team champion world six-man champion 
And now I'm the main event wrestling the Nature Boy Ric Flair for the world heavyweight title. Certainly uh, brings back many, many, many memories. You know, while at the same time, you know, I can't dismiss the best of seven series. So actually not a match. But the best of seven series against Magnum TA, or as I used to call him back then, Mega TA, um, Magnum TA. And, uh, but, um, you know, that series is probably uh, the most talked about or more talked about than that, that first uh, title defense uh, uh, that Flair put up uh, at the Great American Bash. And so those are just two that come to come to memory. There's, there's, there's others, but those are two. That's really good. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of people, you know, when they say what their favorite match is in their career, they, they always have to go for the world title, you know, which is, which is fine. Because I think whenever, whether or not you become the world champion, you know, is irrelevant because it's making history and giving memories for people to talk about for years is what, is what more important because – that's the whole point of a storied career, you know, like you got to leave something behind for someone to, you know, remember about you. And I think that's one of those things with, you know, the world title against Flair. I think that's, that's a good one. Well, and let, let me add a little caveat to that. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, a lot of guys bring up the, the, the world title because a lot of times they get offered, you know, get asked the question, you know, cause I never won the world title, right? I had, I had, I don't even know how many matches against Flair for the world title. Um, Defeated him many times, whether he was disqualified or was a non-title match, uh, but never walked away with the belt. Some don't know, some do know, but some don't know that that Rick had actually offered me the title not once but twice, and, and I uh, turned it down. Uh, honestly, uh, turned it down. Said, you know, it is thank you, but no thank you. Uh, and it was just for me a, a timing thing. Um, Personally, those who know some of my story that I, I, had, I had a wife that had just died of cancer and I walked away from the ring uh, to take care of her uh, in those latter days of her life. And so, you know, it wasn't long after uh, her passing that 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 offer was was made. And, and so probably one of the few I'm sure there's maybe some other guys out there who who were offered the world title, but it turned it down. I, I don't know, but uh, I'm certainly one of them, probably on a short list, I would imagine. Um, but no regrets either. No, no regrets in, yeah. in turning it down. I, I felt I was able to, to make a career, um, a successful career, even without the world title. So, mm. yeah. And you also have, you know, our condolences too, for what happened. Yeah. Mm. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was it was an eye opener. Uh, she was 26 years old when she passed, and and oh, you know, so what it was was just an eye opener, uh, an initial eye opener to me to the to have someone that close to realize just really how brief and how short really life really is if if you really think about it. Uh, you know, in the grand scale of things, uh, it, it it brought that into reality. Yeah. So, who wants to ask next? I know you've been hold, holding on for long, so I've been holding back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the last time I saw you, Nikita, you you were probably yay wide. I mean, you were huge because I was just like a 17-year-old kid last time we saw each other. From, but that's been in Spartanburg, South Carolina years ago. From the looks of things, he still looks huge. He is huge, yeah. He's huge compared to us. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I wanted to say, do you remember the T-shirts that they sold for you when you first come in? They were yellow and they had the Nikita on them with your picture on them. Yeah, I think it had this uh, a red sickle on, kind of in the backdrop or something. And uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell me you still have one of those. Come on. Well, I don't. Mine's completely, I wore it to death. But I wore that to work, and I became Nikita for two years because that's what my my nickname became on the construction job was Nikita for the next two years. <laughs> I love that shirt. But we cheered for the bad guys. Me and my friends did. So we always enjoyed your matches and everything. And when I started going to wrestling, it was Ivan I talked to about it. was going to train me and everything. And we ended up having a child, and that, I didn't want to go after that. And, but I've never got to talk to you or see you before. But I want to say I appreciate what you've done in wrestling. You were a great wrestler. And I brought a little souvenir with me to show you how much I really like you. See if you recognize any of that. Can you see it? Yeah. Oh, you got you got a, a replica of the U.S. title. Yeah, I know it's not the real one because you destroyed the real one. I remember that. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's got it. He's got it. Well. Hey, yes. oh, <laughs> I remember him jumping Lex Luger. Uh, tell us about that angle where you destroyed the U.S. title when Luger had it. I'll never forget that. Yeah, it, you know, if people ask me what I did with that, I go, I, I don't, you don't think about it at the time. I go, I don't know, probably ended up in a dumpster somewhere or something. And people are like, man, that'd be worth a fortune now. And I'm like, ah, well, who who would have known, right? Who would have, as yeah. we say, would have thunk it, right? But um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was an interesting angle. I remember Spartanburg uh, quite well, by the way. Um, a lot, of, a lot of TV tapings there and uh, a, lot, a lot of matches at the Spartanburg uh, Auditorium. I remember it well. And, and and if I'm not mistaken, and somebody will probably know better than me, I think we were filming, I think in Athens, Georgia, uh, when when I uh, tore, tore up that belt there on for one of the television tapings. And, you know, just furthering angles, right? Uh they had, they had made a brand new U.S. belt. Uh, I I had finally agreed to come back. I was just mentioning how I turned down the world title and and eventually agreed to come back and and was going to present Lex with a brand new U.S. belt and of course uh, you know whopped him upside the head with it and kicked him off the stage and that that started a a, a new angle against Luger and I and. Lex was fun to work with, you know, and, and his his physique, uh, my physique was not unlike, uh, uh, you know, very similar in size and very kind of similar in style working with each other. And, you know, I, I for the record, I do still get in the gym. We finished this interview. I'll be heading straight to the gym. And so I do still get in the gym typically four to five days a week, uh, certainly not uh, as as uh, built as I one day wa was in the past, but I'm not 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 trying to re maintain all that bulk. Just trying to stay in in relative shape. Um, but looking back, uh, working with Lex, 
I felt like we had some very uh, some very good chemistry and and told a good story each and every time we were in the ring, and that the fans appreciated uh, both of our styles of wrestling, especially working working against each other. Yeah, it was fantastic. Was, was this during Lex Luger's longest U.S. title reign or one of his first? One of his first. Okay, because it's ninety-one. Because technically, like he's still the longest reigning U.S. champion in history. Yeah, and don't don't think he doesn't let me. Uh, he he reminds me of that. Just for the record, <laughs> he does oh god, yeah he he doesn't let me he doesn't let me forget that. that I, at one point, I had I had the record, and then slowly but surely, other guys started bypassing those numbers and uh yeah he he is quick if this were to come up in discussion he'd be very quick to remind the audience uh and remind me that that he holds the record oh and uh one of your friends i was on the phone with a while ago was david isley and he said to make sure i told you hello the cricket david (laughs) well if he watches this how you doing cricket good just good good we live near each other he's about 25 minutes away, something like that. I got you. I got you. Well, uh, I'm sorry that he, you know, he's in your stable of friendships, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> David's a great guy. David is a great guy. <laughs> you know, it's funny. If you want, if you, you know, if Lex is the kind of person to remind you all the time about his long U.S. title reign, which is, I believe, the title reign you need to beat if you want to be the longest U.S. champion. I'm surprised, you know, he doesn't go with the fact that his last world title run was like seven days, you know, until he dropped it back to Hogan for some yeah, you reason. you don't remind him of that every once in a while. Well, here's the thing about Lex. He, Lex, is a, Lex is a super smart guy, and, and you can try to come back uh, at him with something like that, which don't think I might not keep that in the arsenal. I may have to submit that to memory. Uh, while at the same time, he's pretty quick-witted, and, and, and he'll snap back it with something else, uh, I, I'm sure. He, he, Like, for example, he might remind me of that first cage match in Greensboro uh, when I dropped the, the U.S. title to him. Um, he often reminds me of how I injured him that night as well. I, I'm, uh, I, I'm still waiting for him to prove that to me, but he's convinced in his mind I did, so I just kind of just – Take take it for granted. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, who wants to be next? Um, Michael. I'll go next. First off, Nikita, it's a it's an honor for me to meet you, of course. And uh, I know Uncle I, the late great Ivan's the third man to ever hold the WWE championship. But I want to talk about the NWA. A World Television Championship, winning it from Tully Blanchard on August 27th, 1987. What was that like? Tully was, um, you know, talking about, you know, if you want to talk about size, t- t- you know, for example, Tully wasn't the biggest guy in the business, but he was one of the uh, consummate professionals who had, someone who had perfected his craft. And, and so you, as far as uh, my in my my estimation, you, you weren't a bad match uh, with with Tully Blanchard. He was just that good. It didn't matter who he was working with. Uh, he had a great mind 
for the psychology and which was uh, for the old school. All right, advertisement again. Um, next advertisement we're going to have is probably one you never thought I'd ever do. But then again, sometimes when you bury the hatchet, you tend to, you know, do great business. So right now we got, you know, House of Chayton, which if you want to see some of his content that he's been doing as of late, like, you know, the Exile Outcast or Exile Entertainment or the recent, you know, um, show that he did this past Monday or Sunday. I can't remember which day it was because, again, it's no, no, no. It was a Monday. And that will be Exiled Masculinity. And if you guys want to check that out, um, go ahead and visit his channel and see what you, uh, you know, you know, see with uh, what he's got in store. And now back to the interview fan out there you'll appreciate that was the art of the business uh was the ability to be able to go in the ring and tell a story spontaneously that would lead into the outcome and, and for those who maybe don't know some of your younger viewers you know there weren't uh, there weren't writers back nobody was writing our interviews nobody was writing our matches you know we had we had a booker uh, and a promoter determining the the outcome, but whether it was a, a 20 minute, 30 minute, 60 minute match uh, that I wrestled many times, you know, the match itself was 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 drawn up in our minds, not in a dressing room or on a on a sheet of paper, and and we would simply go out and and perform each and every night and, and draw, listen to the crowd and draw the crowd in. Tully was was one of the best at doing that and essentially all you had <clears throat> excuse me all you had to do was follow his lead like a like a good dance partner just follow his lead and and you were going to have a great match and if i'm not mistaken i think it was fayetteville uh north carolina i think the cumberland county arena uh where i defeated him that night and again very he was very uh, uh, willing and and uh, and such a professional and and dropping the the belt that night, knowing that that uh, it could draw more business down the road. And and in those days, that was that's what it was about. You know, you made decisions like that and what you thought was best for the business, not necessarily for the individual. Although a belt could catapult uh, a, a wrestler to a new level of success. It was it was about business, and we had a great cohesive team that worked together back in those days. Tully was a part of that, and uh, so what a what a fond memory to 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 have that match, as well as many others against him to win that match, and then later on in Shy Town Heat to unify those TV belts against a guy by the name of Terry Taylor. Ah, terrific one. The same Terry Taylor that was the Red Rooster. Same one. Okay. Same one. I'm sorry if I had to bring that up. I mean, it's it's always been like, you know, a memory to me, like the cock of the walk, Terry Taylor, and all that stuff, the Red Rooster. Um, you know, Taylor was great too. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. No, no question about he that. He wasn't. He's right. Tony's one of the greatest top five. Well, Terry Taylor. Let me let me just let me comment on that. And, and you know, you guys will do what they need to do in order to make a living, right? And yeah. Uh, you know, that was the character that was, I, I, I guess, uh, 
proposed to him. I, I don't, you know, know all of those details, uh, but uh, but nevertheless, that that I believe that's what was offered. And and of course, you know, Terry Terry was one of a, a very underrated wrestler. I felt I feel personally uh, a very underrated wrestler. Uh, if, if I go think about that Chi Town Heat match, that Starcade match, uh, for for the unification of those belts, uh, here again, I and I base this on what the fans say to me, not so much about you know what I think about myself or patting myself on the back, but it's about the comments I hear and get, you know, when I'm out doing Comic Cons or doing legend signings, autograph signings, those sorts of things, and, and what you, the fan. Uh, who are the greatest as far as uh, I'm concerned, share with me now. Hey, this match, that match, you know. Uh, so I've heard a lot of comments about the Chi-Town Heat match against Terry Taylor and and many positive comments and how well, you know, how, how much they liked that match and what it meant to the card. And and certainly grateful, you know, and it, for Terry and having the opportunity to work against him. And two, the name Red Rooster is still on everybody's lips all these years later. So it was a genius move in that aspect. It's still around. I mean, yeah, it was just brought up today, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Red, Red Rooster. Red Rooster. Rooster. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You could have paid me <laughs> enough to walk around through airports, you know, like this all day. <laughs> but hey, got to feed your family. Got to feed your family. <laughs> At least they didn't make Megan put on a chicken suit. I guess that's one way of, you know, not having your dignity, you know. No, that was Hector Guerrero that did that thing. Okay. Yeah, well, sabotage, yeah that right? was the gobbledygooker. That was a turkey. There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> but a bird's a bird. A bird's a bird. Andrew's the only person that hasn't asked a question yet, so go ahead, Andrew. Yes. Uh, how many titles did you won on in your wrestling career? Well, I think, you know, if, if I think about the introduction in between, you know, the six-man tag team, national, U.S., uh, TV titles, unification titles, uh, I, I think what we calculate as far as world uh, titles uh, or, or I think what's typically billed as an eight-time world champion. Now, that's not world heavyweight champion, but right. just different world titles. You know, and then in, in addition to the U.S. belt, in addition to the national uh, heavyweight belt that I, you know, defeated Wahoo McDaniel in Atlanta in the Omni uh, when we unified those two belts. Um, so I, I guess I'm just, if I add, do the math, uh, t 10, I guess 10 titles or I mean, there may be some I'm not, I'm not remembering uh, or the fans know better than me, I think. Uh, I don't really keep track of it all, but I, I'm going to say 10. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's good. Good. That's good. Now that's coming from the era where somebody didn't win the belt every week. Oh yeah. That's incredible what he just said. Ten titles. Hmm. The only thing yeah, you well, should it, it, about that, is that he wasn't to that WWE point. Yeah. To the to that point, you know, you mentioned uh, you know you, Ivan Koloff's name's been mentioned uh, when he defeated. Uh, the legendary Bruno San Martino in Madison Square Garden. What was it? Was it? I think eight years that Bruno had held the title at that point. Yeah. Something like that, right? Something crazy. 
yeah. before Ivan defeated him. And, uh, and, uh, and you could have heard a pin drop in the arena that night and almost created a riot. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, belt, the belts in those era, back in that era, the belts weren't changing, you know, every five minutes or, you know, every, every three days. Now they, you know, they, as time progressed, you know, in, in my view, um, the belts took on less importance as, as they, as they uh, shifted who, you know, who held those titles uh, on a much quicker pace, much faster pace, but to hold a belt for any length of time, I think anyway, it it, it added more credibility to one the mm-hmm. title holder and to the belt itself. Yeah, just like um, let me interrupt. That's just like uh, the WWE's Intercontinental Champion Gunta. He just broke the a record for the longest reign of the Intercontinental Championship, and people say explain how that championship is prestigious and for him to hold it that long it's it's credibility in itself so and we don't and we don't have to have our longest reigning intercontinental champion have the first name honky (laughs) you had to to go there you had to go there you are so bad bad. well it's true i know i know yeah (laughs) fell Ah, uh, you guys are great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Since I since I did didn't open up my mouth, um, when, I got another question for you, Mister Koloff. What is it like working with Sting? I know you had a, you had a little program with him and all during the NWA WCW days. So, what was it like working with him, Stinger? We did, and and I was fortunate. I feel fortunate to to really work on both sides of the track, if you will. One as an opponent, uh, of course. The, the 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 fans comment mostly on the on the Russian chain matches. Uh, that, oh, that, I did look yeah, that, that I had, and and you know, and and so back when he had the you know the blonde flat top, and back mm-hmm. in in those days, well, I guess he had the flat top the whole time I was there uh, in terms of my career, um, and, and then so those so those were were. People don't understand and realize, you know, it's a real chain, and and you know, you, you can try to control that chain as much as 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 possible, but at the same time, it's you know, like any wrestling match, it's not exact science. And so, you know, I walked away from those chain matches, uh, needing needing cosmetic surgery by the time I retired from little chips and nicks in my teeth, and mm-hmm. you know, from from those chain matches. Um, Probably one of the one of the most memorable moments uh, going back to Chicago, uh, and I didn't know this till much later on. I certainly didn't know it that night in the ring, but I'd wrap the chain around his neck, and I used to do a thing where I'd throw them over the top rope, and then like oh, yeah. I, you know, like I was, you know, was had him dangling there uh, mm-hmm. over the top rope. Well, and, and I'm working the crowd and I'm looking around. I kind of glance down and I'm like, wow, he's like, he's like really selling this. What a great, he's really putting this over, right? Well, what I didn't know was he wasn't able to, to get his fingers kind of in between the chain and his neck so he could, you might say, have a little breathing room. Oh. And so every time, you know, he kind of moved or I kind of moved it, the chain cinched up a little, a little oh. bit tighter and he said he was about probably 30 seconds away from passing out 
when when I find when I let it go and, and he was able to catch his breath. Uh, that's kind of like Luger reminded me he had the he had the uh, uh, the title reign for the longest. Sting from time to time will remind me uh, of how I almost uh, choked him out. He he thinks. He's convinced I was doing it intentionally. Uh, I, for the record, was not. <laughs> that was just a part of the, a part of the, the, the that's just what happened by default that night. But uh, to that point, those matches uh, and, and or any match against him was very, uh, was very colorful. The fans were, it was, it was easy. It was a night off, right, to work with him, right? And then if you fast forward uh, into the 90s, uh, when we did the angle in St. Petersburg, Florida, where I was already now into the angle with Lex, and we were going to shift gears, and I was going to create an angle with him, and and uh, they were wrestling the Steiners for the world world titles, and I hit the ring, and Miss Luger hit him. We fight out into the parking lot, and that creates a whole another angle with him, uh, to where we would eventually um, uh, kind of, if you want to say, make amends. And then the tail end of my career, have the opportunity to once again partner with him, Sting Squadron, uh, in the War Games. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, fans talk quite a bit about. Uh, so incredible, incredible, and 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 kudos to Steve, man, still out there doing it. Better oh, yeah. him than me, but <laughs> kudos to him to to still be out there doing it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That even though it's not like the runs he used to have, whether it was in the NWA, WCW, or TNA, but it's, I mean, he's still working, he's still working and he's still taking, you know, some bumps that most men in their 60s should never do, you know, yeah. and I'm talking, and, 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 you know, no disrespect to him and no disrespect to Terry Funk, you know, before, his, you know, you know, like, because honestly enough, and we, and you don't know this, but we had the pleasure of seeing Terry Funk in his actual final match. Yeah, his my, my last match, but I don't know it was my retirement match match. Yeah, that kind of deal. <laughs> Since Terry Funk retired five times. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, wrestlers wrestlers have a history of retiring multiple times, right? I think yeah. I think I might be one again, another short list. I think I may be one of the few who retired and actually stayed retired. <laughs> there's a handful of guys that done what you just said oh. <laughs> yeah and, and, and you know I, i'll say let me say this about steve too since we're talking about the stinger um you know recently i we were doing an autograph signing a while just a while back in in ohio and and uh you know we were doing some cold pictures together for the fans and etc he goes he goes, hey, why why did you tell a reporter you you, you were concerned about? <laughs> he's probably gonna get mad if he hears about this anyway. Uh, I, I love him. Uh, we have a great relationship. Uh, if he gets mad at me again, he does. But but he's like, why'd you tell me you had concern over me or or, or for me? I go, dude, cause cause I do. <laughs> I go, you're eleven days younger than me, and you're out there doing what you're doing. I'm paying attention here, dude. You're doing some crazy yeah. stuff. He goes, it's all calculated. I go. I don't care how calculated it is. It's not exact science. It only takes a, a nanosecond for something to go wrong uh, and then something more permanent, some type of more permanent damage uh, can happen. I go, dude, I'm praying for you all the time. <laughs> He's like, 
I could take care of myself. I go, I, I'm sure you can, but I'm not going to stop praying for you, Steve. Love yeah. you, my friend. But uh. Uh, anyway, but yeah, no disrespect to him by, by yeah. any means yeah. or, or any of the other guys who just, you know, who, who wrestle, you know, late in life, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, Steve Borden, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I consider him one of my favorite legends, you know, for the reason because he, when he made his comeback in TNA back in like late 05, early 06, which was, you know, he gets a full-time career again. And the thing is, I don't think it was a matter of loyalty for him to never work with WWE because he eventually did, which is probably one of the biggest regrets he probably has. And I apologize for that. But I think for him, he always loves the passion and the work that other people put in, not just him, into the business, which is why I think he strives to work more with the younger guys, even if he, you know, if he's past his prime or if he's no longer the, the stinger he once was, which I can admire and respect that for. Well, yes. And to that point, and again, that's why I say kudos to Steve. I, he, lo he loves the business. Uh, for, for sure. I, I know that. And, and, and that's where, when I, when I, when I reflect back on my, my, the early part of my career, right. I already told you I had no training, no background, no experience, none. Right. The mm -hmm. night I debuted on television in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Dorton arena, I was my first time in a professional wrestling ring and I'm debuting before a sold out crowd on television. And uh, fortunately for my opponent, it was only 11 second match. And so <laughs> for me. But I say that to say this, I then had the opportunity to work with some great names in wrestling that I could learn from names. I already mentioned, but repeating Dory Funk Jr. Blackjack Mulligan, Rufus R. Freight Train Jones. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Mark and Jay Youngblood. Uh, uh, the, I mean, the list the list goes on and on of some of the old time, what would be called old timers who recognized a young and upcoming talent and were willing to, to put me over. Wahoo McDaniel put me over in the Omni, right? And so I feel very fortunate for, to have had that opportunity. I see where Steve's coming from. Um, and, and I understand, you know, where fans come from too. And when, when, you know, some just say, when is enough enough? Um, but you know, I, guys, I walked away when I was 33, again, very unusual, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I walked away by choice. I walked away by choice under my own terms. Cause I had decided way, way, way back when in the very early days, even prior, even to getting into wrestling that. Wherever I landed in the in the area of success, I was going to walk away at a young age, um, and and on top, if you will, or walk away as a champion. And I told Ivan, and I told Don that uh, right out of the gate. I said, I I am not I'm not going to be here for you know 20, 30, 40 years. I'm I'm just not. And my mind was made up. And so at, at age 33, I made that decision to walk away and, and honestly never look back. And now I get to do uh, things like this, you know, podcasts and autograph signings, et cetera, and still be a part of the business without damaging my body any, any, any worse than it already is. 
Great deal. Yeah. You know, I'm a. I got. I got something. I, I've got to know this. What was it like working with the Rock and Roll Express? Okay. The 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 heartthrobs of wrestling, at least at the time, right? I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you. you all right, another advertisement, and this one goes out to our good buddy David St. Dennis, who also is, you know, doing, you know, multiple partnerships with a lot of people, including, you know, like Victor Dalval, including Eric Lima, uh, Jason DeCanio, which is his channel, David 3000 Network. Um, you want to see a lot of shows such as that I'm also on, like, you know, the Popcorn Panel Podcast, which is every Tuesday. Check on that. Also with Jason DeCanio with, you know, like wipe those TRs and not tears that come down your face. I'm talking like, you know, rankings or Eric Lima doing the usual, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, bullseye, you know, wondering when he's going to hit the, you know, the, the, you know, the lightning. But with that, that out of the way, shout outs to David 3000 uh, Network and to David St. Dennis. So there you go. You couldn't go into an arena or into a crowd. They they were kind of like the uh, and I I'll compare it kind of tongue in cheek, but they the the Elvis of, of professional wrestling. They, they that's who they were. I mean, the girls just flocked to them, right? Loved them, loved Ricky and Robert. Uh, we we essentially would sell out anywhere anywhere we went. So when when uh, when the when the Koloffs were willing to drop the world tag team titles to a, a, a at the time really an, an up and coming not not well known tag team um you know it really put them on the map because oh, yeah. many thought you know they were obviously very undersized and didn't have didn't have a chance to beat the Russians but uh pulled the wild card and made it happen and and that just set the stage to be able to have you know just outstanding matches uh, against two guys who who were already very seasoned in the business and, and and were able to then catapult themselves into an into the national limelight and so just a joy and a privilege to work with Ricky and Robert. Yeah, they they were that was in Shelby, wasn't it? Where y'all lost the belts to them, Shelby, North Carolina. Shelby. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I think I was at that one. I, I I couldn't believe the for nobody knowing them that building was just the roof came off yep place exploded that's right you know we've actually had the honor and privilege of uh interviewing ricky on the show live and he's a very good person and a very you know a lot of fun he oh my god fun is an understatement he is he is like through the roof you know like awesome like yeah. if you watch the episode when we interviewed him you could tell that he was ready you know for for questions and he was ready to entertain whenever he wanted to. Like, yeah. trust me. He, he, Ricky likes to have fun, and, and he's and he's a joke. Him and Robert both. They 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 they're they're jokesters, and uh, <laughs> they they can keep you laughing and keep you in stitches uh, behind the scenes. Even even in, even in in the midst of a match, they can. So for sure. Yeah. Well, I got a question, and that and you know, and I know you probably will never consider it, but then again, it's always. This one question to ask, you know, wrestler, even after they've retired and all that. If you were to have like one more match, like who would you want to face off against, like in this current generation of wrestling? 
in the current generation um hard harder to answer that question only because you know when i walked away uh i i literally walked away i mean yeah. and by meaning that you know i, I saw bits and pieces of of uh uh, of what was uh, going on through the nineties, you know, and, and two thousands into, into present day. So, so I'm not fully aware of, uh, you know, all of the guys in, in, in modern time, um, you know, there's, uh, the, the way I typically will answer that question. I mean, there's certainly a number of, a number of guys, whether, whether they were, you know, back in my day or even, uh, you know, through through the Attitude Era or into the 2000s, you know, that that it would have been fun to step in the ring with, you know, guys like, of course, the, you know, the magazines really built up what would have ever happened if Nikita Koloff wrestled, you know, Hulk Hogan at a WrestleMania, you know, would it have been, you know, a, you know sellout, you know, record numbers, you know, who, who nobody really knows for sure, right? But you know, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Rock. I mean, there's there's names that that uh, come to mind. Edge, who's just uh, resurfaced recently, right? Edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's certain guys that it would have been a lot of fun. I mean, the Macho Man. I mean, there's certain guys would have been fun. Kurt Henning, who I went to high school with, but never had the opportunity to step in the ring with. Now, I did step in the ring with Ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah. And I went to high school together as well. Um, so there's a number of guys, I think. I don't know. I could narrow it down. It's kind of like, what's your favorite match? It's hard to just narrow right. it down to to one uh, to one guy, you know. Roman yeah. Reigns. That would have been a – I think that would have been a good uh, – some good chemistry there with Roman Reigns. Kurt Angle. That would have been a great storyline. Yeah. You, know, you and Kurt, that would have been a heck of a matchup. Yeah, yeah, the whole USA, uh, uh, you know, Olympic wrestler. Because <laughs> part, part of the story was I was supposed to compete in the in the games in Los Angeles. That was part yeah. of the storyline. And, yeah, uh, yeah I could have made an easy angle. We could have made an easy angle out of that going. Oh, yeah. All that, you know, some gold medal. Yeah, I would have I, I would have won the gold. You wouldn't have won yeah. the gold. You know, whatever. Yeah, right? that would, yeah Kurt Angle can, can be hilarious as a heel, too, because he's, he's funny that way, too. Yeah, that that would have been a no-brainer angle right there. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so you've asked a question. Hey, Brian, you got a question? Yes, I do. Basically, uh, you appeared in the Showdowns Legends of Wrestling, as well as Retromania Wrestling. My question to you is, what was it? What was it like being in a video game? Well, it's quite honoring, right? I mean, very flattering to 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 know that your persona continues to live on, uh, and and I still even whether it's a video game or an autograph signing, you know, a, a Legends Comic Con, whatever, you know, I, I'm still amazed. You know, all these years later, I'm you know, guys, I'm 30 years removed, right? So. You know, the fact that somebody still has an interest in meeting me, um, taking a picture with me, getting an autograph from me. Uh, of course, some of you guys probably have, you know, have written several books and people will like to pick up my story <laughs> or some of the different written. They're interested in reading more of the backstory and more of the life 
that. Uh, video games included is incredibly uh, humbling and and very flattering to know that uh, that 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 those those uh, sorts of things are out there. Um, hopefully, sometime here down the road, um, you know, the folks might might see might see uh, an action figure pop up here on the scene sometime here in the future. We'll see. Cool. All right. Get bald headed Makita or flat top Makita, or is it going to be like an alternate? You get one or get the other, and you got to collect both. <laughs> uh, That's a serious question, though. <laughs> I did that. You're free knowledge. Anybody know why? Why did you do the flat top? Yeah. Anybody know why I did the flat top? I was never told. Mm. No, I. I'm kind of curious why you did the flat top. So the short story. Here's the short story. So I it ba- it basically came down to a guy named Dolph Lundgren. Oh boy. And Nikita Koloff for the role in Rocky IV, Ivan Drago. Really? Oh, I did not know that. We're out on the set together with Sylvester Stallone's final screen testing for Ivan Drago. And, and, you know, you talk, you, my, my ties uh, came up in this conversation today. And, and back in those days, I was 285 pounds, 8% body fat, 34 inch waist. The day I met Sylvester Stallone, who, although is in excellent shape, uh, still is, uh, but I, I, in a sense, dwarfed him in size Hence, I did not get that role. Uh, they gave it to Dolph Lundgren. But when the movie came out, the character had what? He had a flat top, right? Yeah. I, I looked okay. at that and I thought, well, if, if they can get it over in the movie, I can get it over in the ring, in the wrestling ring. And, and that was the motivation for why I did the flat top. Now, the, you know, looking back, you know, hindsight being 2020, I may not have ever done it because uh, – more people have commented that they have, they like the, the shaved, you know, the bald look, the shaved head. Um, but that was the reason behind it, just so you know. I mean, you could, your face could have been on a T-shirt like this one. <laughs> there you go. That's right. I, I could have been one of the Expendables. Yeah. You never know. And one of the Expendables. There you go. I got to see that one. <laughs> you younger guys don't ah. <laughs> The bald-headed Russian was the Russian. The Russian had hair. He wasn't a real Russian back then. That's right. That's right. All, all the young people can go Google all that and figure that out, or, yeah. or they can buy they can buy the book, Nikita: A Tale of the Ring of Redemption, and get the full story. The full story. Oh, that's really cool. I did not know you were trying out for uh, Rocky Four. That was. Uh, that's, wow. Wait, no, no, no. I think it's Rocky Three. No, it's Rocky Four. I know this. I thought you said three. No, Rocky, Rocky Three was the Hulk Hogan. Rocky Four was. Oh, Hulk Hogan was Rocky Three. There, dude. Thunderlips. Thunder what a name. <laughs> you young guys, go Google that stuff. Go Google it. Go watch the movie. Yeah. Go watch the movie. Go watch Rocky Four and just picture my mug in the ring there with Stallone. Yeah. The movie art was better if it had Nikita. Wow. So, who else gets to ask? Uh, Michael or Andrew? Who wants to ask? I'll go. All righty, let's. All right, I want to talk about 
WCW in 1991 with your chemistry with Sting. Uh, when you returned to somewhere around either 91 or 92, teaming up with Sting, with the likes of Sting, Ricky Steamboat, Barry Windham, Dusty, Dustin Rhodes, who you have mentioned it. That was in War Games. What was that like? Well, the War Games is memorable in and of itself. Going back to the original one with the superpowers, the Road Warriors, and precious Paul Ellering against the Four Horsemen and J.J. Dillon. And, and there was nothing like the original in Atlanta, <clears throat> Hot Atlanta, Atlanta. You know, that very first War Game, the electricity, you could sense it and feel it. Nobody knew what to expect uh, that that night, and and uh, the fans or us likewise, uh, nobody knew what to expect. And so, for it to have the success it had, and then parlay that into the future, uh, Sting Squadron against uh, Rick Rude and Steve Austin and all the rest of the guys who were who were a part of that team, Arn Anderson, etc. Uh, only, only in in my in my view is just if you want to say icing on the cake, uh, just to be, uh, uh, just, just to be a part of, of that continuing storyline, uh, of war games, uh, quite a fascinating concept. Dusty Rhodes was the creator of, of it as he was many things. One of the creative geniuses of wrestling, I, I'm convinced. Um, and the war games was just one of those. Great match. Was that a time when he actually turned face for the first time, or was it just you know, a, a you know a thing going on? Yeah. No, first time I turned face was was when Magnum TA had the car wrecked, and oh. I came road. That would later come. That would later come in the angle I did with Luger coming in back as a heel, and then turning and coming coming back and uh, and partnering with, uh, with with Sting and finishing my career as 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 a face. Andrew, you got a question for him? Yes, I, I yes, um, I know you work with the the Nature Boy Ric Flair. What do you think? What are your thoughts of working with Ric Flair? Uh, ask the question again. I know oh. you've been working with Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, of course. What are your thoughts of you working with Ric Flair? Well, I, you know, I've said uh, many a times, Ric Flair can make a broomstick look good. Uh, he made Nikita Koloff look good, especially in those early days where I lacked experience. And, and and how grateful am I to be able to step in the ring with a guy of his caliber and, and be able to have, you know, the matches we had, whether it was in the majority of matches I had against Rick, the dozens and dozens and really probably into the hundreds of matches I had against Rick, uh, I, very rarely I ever remember going thirty less than thirty minutes, and many times a sixty-minute draw. And you, you know you can't get in the ring and work with him and 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 not have a good match in in my view. So great memories working with Rick. So right. while we're on subject of working with promotions, what would you consider? the best promotion you've ever worked with in your experience in your entire career as a wrestler? 
Well, the majority of my career was NWA. Uh, I did some things with AWA because we worked collectively together and did some things pro USA up in the Midlands in New Jersey, et cetera. And I did some television for them uh, to help, help hopefully sustain them. And we eventually know they went out of business, but uh, you know, some matches against Larry Zabisco, who was their world champion at the time, just, just to try, you know, try to, to help sustain them. Uh, but I, you know, I was loyal to the NWA, uh, still am to this day, always will be uh, a fan of the NWA. And, and that's why I never opted, you know, to go to, uh, to, to WWF out of loyalty is a big thing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Could I went there and probably made 10 times the money or more? P- probably. Uh, but, but no regrets looking back. Uh, Jim Crockett gave me my break. Uh, for a guy who had had never been in a ring, and I was very thankful for Jim doing that, and therefore, you know, remain even after selling it to Ted Turner, I still had this uh, this uh, innate uh, commitment and loyalty to the NWA. So, still around though, too. Even though it's owned by Billy Corgan, but there's a lot of you know crazy stuff going on. Even though it's not back in its prime as it once were, but that's a whole different matter but yeah that's a whole other show and I'm, I'm glad billy's trying to resurrect it and, and and i wish him well and hope that he can can brand it and 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 make and you know make another uh, another run of it uh you know at, at one time the nwa was was the granddaddy of them all and you know of course vince did was able to do what he did and uh, kudos to him for what he did uh while there's at the same time there's still a lot of nwa loyalists out there um, and so, so, uh, I'm just, I'm just grateful guys to have been a part of it. I, I'm just, guys, just so you know, I'm just about out of time too. So I don't know if you have, have a, a last minute question or, but I, I'm going to, I'm, I am going to have to roll here in a minute. So. All right. I got a two part question. I'm a pastor. So I've got to ask this question. Can you tell us how you came to Christ and what were the circumstances leading up to that? So I didn't, I didn't, uh, of course, uh, for those who, who know my story, you know, I, I didn't grow up in Russia. I hope everyone's figured that out by now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I grew up in Minnesota, uh, but I didn't necessarily grow up in church. Uh, but that's not to say I wasn't familiar with the story. Uh, the story being that that, that man named Jesus who, you know, was uh, lived and, and, and died, crucified on a cross, right? Spikes driven through his hands and his feet and you know, spirit through his side. I knew the story, but that story had never made the 18 inch trip from my head down to my heart. And so, you know, whether it was uh, back in my football days or even all through my wrestling career, uh, had, you know, was not living for the Lord, uh, really didn't really even have an interest in, in, in pursuing a relationship with, uh, with the Lord. And it wasn't until about 11 months, we we're right at 11 months Later, in fact, uh, in just a few days, I'll have a 30-year anniversary, uh, October 17th, when I will will be the day that I made a decision to walk to an altar in a church in North Carolina and surrender my heart to the Lord. And life has just never been the same since. And you know, even prior uh, up to that point, you know, I, I was after I left wrestling, I was I knew there had to be more to life. I just couldn't put my finger on what it was. You know, I'm a world champion in wrestling. I got a level of fame. People see me as a famous guy. 
uh, I've achieved a level of success that only a small percentage of people achieve. And yes, something was still missing. And, and it was an aha moment for me that morning when I realized that what was missing was a personal relationship with Jesus. All right. Um, final advertisement for tonight. Um, this final advertisement goes to Mr. Garrison 96, a.k.a. Gary Newkirk, our good friend and, uh, you know, one of our respectful leaders of the network community. Uh, catch them every Monday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern and 4 Central and 2 Pacific for Bofas on the Sofas. And that, that will feature him, Jerome, Alex Putnam, and his brother, Austin Putnam. And yeah, you will be in for a thrill ride of your lives, you know, watching that show. And that is the final advertisement for this evening. And we will now have the final moments of the interview with Nikita Kolov. And also, amen. And I went to the altar that day. First one, fresh off TV, you know, I was less than a year off of television. So a lot of the people even at that church already knew who I was. Um, I wasn't interested or concerned in them. I was only interested in, in uh, making that decision for myself. And, and you fast forward to today, that decision from 30 years ago. And, and Pastor, it's, it's, it's been a surreal ride. What we've just talked about for the last hour about my wrestling career, the word surreal would apply. And, and then if you add to that, this past 30 years where I've now, you know, I've written three books. I'm working on several others. I got a radio show, a podcast of my own, a TV show. Um, I, I've traveled to 36 different countries. You know, I, I've, I've stopped counting at 1200 churches that I preached in. Uh, Lex Luger and I do a camp. You, you see me wearing a shirt today, man camp alumni. Uh, next week, Lex Luger and I will do our next man camp together and equipping and empowering men uh, to be godly men, godly husbands, and godly fathers. And I do conferences, man of conferences. So it's crazy to think, one, I had the wrestling career I had, uh, uh, sure most, but yet every bit is impactful from what other people tell me. And then to consider what I've had the privilege of doing this last 30 years. And it's just for me, honestly, it's just mind blowing to see uh, what I've been able to accomplish, what I've been able to do uh, and, and continue to do as the Lord continues to open doors for me uh, to travel around the world and share the good news of, of, of how that story man named Jesus and how he how he changed the dynamics of, of our world how he changed my life and now to share that with others is is just what year did you get saved 93 93 is 30 years ago so 93 October 17th 1993 is when I gave my life to Jesus yep that's next week that's next week 
I got oh. saved April 7th, 1994, right behind him. How about that? Oh. Well, I, I appreciate the question, and I appreciate you guys today. And I would just encourage all your there's all your viewers out there, um, you know, go to just to simply go to koloff.net, K-O-L-O-F-F, koloff.net. And uh, certainly there's more of the story there. Uh, you know, if you have an interest in, in connecting with me on social media or or getting a copy, and, and, and I autograph every copy that's purchased through my website um, in finding out more of the story. Um, you can get copies of my book right there. Connect with me on social media. Connect to my podcast, the Man Up Podcast, the Man Up Show, um, and and, uh, and 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 direct message me right there through the website. And so, you know, I encourage uh, encourage all your viewers and listeners out there to uh, help spread the word. The, the podcast has been downloaded in ninety two different countries so far. Wow. And, uh, just thankful and, and grateful, and, and thank you for what you do, sir. Thank you for pastoring and yes, sir. And thank you. Is yourself. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm still around. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, guys, I, I do got a role. I, I, I apologize. Uh, no, you're good, man. God bless you. Bro. God bless you. Well, bless I appreciate you. you guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully, I'll get to maybe cross paths uh, with uh, each and every one of you. If, Face to face instead of just through a through a technical screen here. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to talk to you, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, thank you, guys. God bless all you out there, all you viewers out there, and uh, appreciate all the fans. Thank you so much. You guys thank have you. a great day. Thank yeah, you. You as well, Nikita. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. And with that, we are back to the future. Us. Wow. Back into the future! Oh, we're back. Oh, they can see me! I gotta prevent you from destroying my race in the future! <laughs> we already did that. <laughs> I know you do that! Now I have to kill you! <laughs> now you too can see the future! I'm on fire! <laughs> 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 Well, folks, uh, uh, Paul, uh, Paul Knights is calm, man. I love, like, love to show the perfect evolution of beard growth. Unfortunately, three of uh, like, we're not growing a whole lot of beards right now. <laughs> well, folks, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview as well as the new, you know, format of the advertisements for the links that are, you know, in the live chat, not just in the description. And that is for the, you know, the live stream slash video version of the podcast, which you probably won't be able to see on the, you know, on the audio version of the podcast, whether it's on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, etc. But it's that time that we have to say goodbye. Yep. Mm -hmm. Bye. Um, if you uh, like this episode, give it a thumbs up. If you missed your chance in the live chat, comment down below. Give us your thoughts and opinions. Also, be sure to subscribe if you are new to the channel. Hit the notification bell so that way Brent, that way you'll be notified whenever Brennan does an upload, a premiere, or a live stream at this one at all times. Same goes for Michael Lombardier, Eric Lima, and yours truly, Rory Scow, J-Man's Legit. With that being said, God bless you all. Have a great night and stay healthy for your better day tomorrow. Now, if you excuse me. My mouth is hurting, and I am going to, you know, probably uh, swish and slosh some, you know, salt water. So, good night, everybody.
Yeah. God bless, guys. <laughs> Keep ranting and raving. Good night, everybody, and we'll see you all next week.